will be in John chapter 15 this afternoon concerning the vine and the branches. And uh, this is, of course, a quite well-known passage and one that we can relate to uh, as we know Christ, who is the true vine, and we the branches. So let's begin by reading. We'll begin by reading 1 through 14. I'm not sure we'll get all the way through, but let us begin with that this afternoon. John chapter 15, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. It In this is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you, continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another, as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down, his life or his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Let us pray. Loving Father, we do thank you for the relationship that we have to Christ. It is one of great closeness and that we are truly part of the vine. And we thank you, Father, for this relationship which is meant to be nourishing and strengthening and edifying in our personal lives and also leading to fruit-bearing as we might continue to glorify the Lord through the things we do. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, um, many consider this passage also a part of the um, upper room discourse as uh, we think about the disciples. Some attribute it to perhaps being spoken uh, in the upper room or perhaps on the way to the Mount of Olives uh, as Jesus was uh, then on his way to a time of prayer uh, and solitude before he actually would be taken and captured. Um, But uh, either way, uh, we see here that uh, this parable um, is one which speaks to the relationship of the disciples to the Lord Jesus Christ. And not only... Uh, the relationship which is part of their uh, 
particular uh, being disciples and being later known as apostles of Christ, but um, it appears that uh, this re- this relationship is one of longevity and one of great carefulness as the Lord wanted to minister to his disciples. And so he uses this uh, metaphor of the vine, if you will, the vine and the branches to bring out some important truths about the disciples' uh, relationship to him and his relationship to them. Well, as we look at this this afternoon, uh, the title being Jesus is the Vine, first of all, we see that the, um, the subject of the vine and the vine dresser is, is brought to light here at the beginning of it. And, of course, Jesus is the vine and the vine dresser, or the husbandman, as the King James puts it, is uh, also the father. Uh, so we know that the relationship between the Lord Jesus and the Father was one of, of closeness and one of doing the will of the Father. And uh, so it is that uh, this relationship uh, is uh, part of what we have as well with Christ because we are attached to the vine. And we also are to give glory to the Father. Well, secondly, the vine and the branches are identified as we move on into verses 5 through 8. And we find here that uh, uh, Jesus talks about abiding in the vine. The branches are to abide in Christ. Uh, we, we as branches are attached to that vine. And so it is very important that we kind of uh, get a good hold onto what that relationship is all about and why that metaphor is important to us as being believers. And, and um, as a branch being a part of the vine, we find that we get our strengthening from the vine, from the Lord. And, and so this, uh, this, this integral relationship is one which is important for us as being believers and, of course, the disciples uh, also understanding that the vine and the branches are integral to fruit-bearing. As uh, in the Middle East, of course, uh, the vine was a very important figure of agricultural um, not only management, but uh, it was a staple in their lives to have the fruit of the vine to drink and to enjoy. Uh, also, thirdly, my Father loved me, and I love you. Continue in my love. And uh, here again, we find that uh, Jesus comes back to the idea of the Father. Because uh, just as much as the vine needed a, a vine dresser to be sustained, um, and the vine dresser is involved in the care of the vine, we find that uh, the Lord Jesus uh, had a relationship with the Father. And that relationship was a, not only of, of obedience and of faithfulness, but one where uh, we find that... Uh, It was a reciprocal work of God. Reciprocal meaning that uh, the the Lord Jesus came to do the Father's will and the Father was um, in a loving relationship with the Son 
This kind of thing, of course, is also going on with us and the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, he says, My Father loved me and I love you. Continue in my love. And so that gets back to the whole idea of abiding in the vine. And I believe it is uh, Andrew Mary who has written a, a, quite a good book on this, of this subject as abiding in Christ. It's a fairly small book, not very thick. Nice little devotional book that can be read, uh, you know, uh, perhaps every night, a, a section of it. And uh, you might want to look it up. Abiding in Christ is still in print, as far as I know, Andrew Murray. And he was a quite an old uh, divine, if you will, who has uh, written on this subject. Okay, so let's look at this passage um, here this afternoon and draw some conclusions from this. First of all, in verse 1 of chapter 15, it says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. So here again, he identifies uh, himself, and he identifies the Father as being the husbandman. Now, in an agricultural terminology, the husbandman, husbandman cares for the vine, cares for that plant, if you will, uh, that fruit-producing plant, that it might be productive. And uh, so we find that the Father and the Son are in cooperation to do the will of God in the relationship to the vine and the branches, uh, you and I, as, as being disciples of Christ. Uh, God is, is, in, is involved in our lives. And uh, so this is an integral part of, of um, agricultural and husbandry, if you will, that the vine needs to be pruned. And uh, as he says in verse 2, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. So there's kind of two different things that go on in the husbandry of the vine. One, you can just simply cut off the branch if it isn't uh, going to produce. And the other one is that it can be just pruned. Um, and that there might be more fruit come from it. So as we look at this kind of um, uh, maintenance, if you will, uh, within the the relationship of of uh, being a disciple of Christ, we find that it can be very productive to fruit bearing. Now, um, as we look at this whole thing, we rec- recognize that that God wants to bless the vine, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the work of the vine is to bear fruit. Um, and so we, being branches, are to be involved in this fruit-bearing process. Um, and uh, as we look at that, we, we find that it is a picture of, of blessing. God means to bless His work. And so, in a sense, we find that even as Christ is represented here as the vine, um, I suppose in a larger sense we might say, well, the vine... Uh, is represented in the church, in the church, um, the ecclesia, the called out assembly, 
being a part of the church, as you folks are, you realize that you are a part of the vine. You are part of Christ. You are part of the body of Christ. And uh, as Christ is living in you and through you, uh, you want to be productive. You want to uh, know that God is going to use you and, uh, and prosper the work that God has called us to do. And so he talks about this here, um, the vine and the branches. But let's uh, read on just a bit more uh, concerning this work that God is doing. Uh, he talks about some of those branches that should be cut off, some of them should be pruned. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye abide in me. Well, so as we look at this uh, parable, what are some of the primary elements to it? Uh, a couple of the primary elements are one, Christ. He is the vine. The second is uh, the branches. Those are primary elements. Um, and uh, another primary element would be the vine dresser's work. As God the Father is involved in husbandry uh, upon the vine. And uh, then kind of uh, another area of maintenance, if you will, of, of producing fruit is the purging or cutting off in the, in the vine. Um, so, lest we take things too too literally and think that God is just going to cut us off and and end our lives all of a sudden real quick if we don't uh, uh, produce a lot of fruit, uh, we understand that sometimes the Scripture gives these examples that they might be as much exhortive as they are um, a part of our learning and understanding. Um, as believers, we all need to be exhorted, right? We all, needed to be, we all need to be told things that, that will help us to want to do better, want to grow, want to prosper, want to, if you will, in this sense, uh, bear fruit. Uh, we, we, we don't want to be a part of the vine and, and be a burden to it, if you will. Uh, we want to be a blessing to the vine. And so the parable uses this, um, these illustrations to bring some sense of, of um, exhort, exhorting to the disciples. Now, if Jesus is in fact teaching this in the upper room, or maybe at a quiet time after he finally came down to the Mount of Olives um, and is alone with his disciples. Um, he's drawing on some very figurative things that they were all very much uh, aware of. For instance, all the disciples knew what a grapevine was. I mean, they, they were multiple all over the, the land of Israel all over the promised land. And, um, and some of them were just wild grapevines, if you will. Very, perhaps you've got a wild grapevine at home, and maybe you get a handful of grapes off in it every now and then, and they're kind of sour, and they set your teeth on edge, and, and uh, they're not really very good, are they? <laughs> but but if, you, uh, if you were to cultivate that vine, and to cut off a lot of the branches that were unfruitful 
and uh, begin to do some work at the, on that vine that would make it grow and make it uh, more fruitful, you might see a, a much healthier looking fruit. And in fact, you would probably say, oh wow, look at all of the grapes I've got this year as opposed to last year. And uh, I suppose the first thing we, we want is to, is to seek fruit that is uh, not only good to eat, but is pleasant to eat. Now, if you went into the, the grocery store, you would expect to buy grapes that were good. Although sometimes you probably get some that are very sour, right? They're not so. Some of them are not so good. So you, so you, you want those uh, those group those grapes that are more of a blessing, and um, and I think that is principally something that we should take from this, that God wants us to be a blessing, to, uh, the work which Christ is bringing forth uh, in his church. God wants us to be a blessing to the work that Christ is bringing forth in the church. And so the, you know, the whole thing is, well, how do we do that? How do we become that blessing that God wants us to be? Well, the next element that we see here in verse 4 is this. He says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. Well, the word abide is used quite a few times here, isn't it? Uh, one, uh, how many? Two, about three times in that, in that, in that one a little verse there. Three times the word abide is used. And now, so that means that it's a pretty significant word for us to consider. And if we can just draw some conclusion here, if we're going to be a blessing in the church, if we're going to be a blessing to the Lord Jesus, we must abide in Jesus. We must have a very intimate and close relationship to Jesus. Um, and so abiding, abiding here is something that is uh, quite significant. Um, and, uh, of course, it means to remain or be present. Um, it's not a very complicated word. It basically means what you think it means. If you abide in something, you are standing with it. You are doing it. You are present in that very thing. You, it, you know, you're taking it seriously. And you have this kind of a integral relationship with the vine or with Christ as the word abide indicates to us that we are not straying at all from that relationship to Christ. We're not straying from that relationship. We're cultivating, if we might use another agricultural term, we're cultivating that relationship with Christ. To abide in Christ is to is to be present, to 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 stand or to endure uh, with the Lord Jesus, and um, that's important if we are to be a blessing to Christ, uh, to be a blessing to the vine. Now, uh, again, practically speaking, the vine and the branches they they are important to one another. Right. Uh, when you think about a vine, you can't. What good is a vine without branches? You see, 
that would be rather ridiculous, wouldn't it? Uh, to have a vine without branches. Or to have a tree without branches, you see. I mean, it's kind of, no, no, you have to have branches on a vine if there is going to be any kind of blessing from that vine. You see what I'm saying here? So, uh, it's, an, it's an integral relationship. I mean, it, and you can't have uh, branches without a vine or a vine without branches. Uh, either one's true. Uh, so, how ridiculous if you have branches without vines. Uh, well, how do they do it? How would they do anything, you see? They're just, they're dead. If you take a branch, you cut it off from the vine, and what do you got? You, you've got a stick in your hand, but it, there's no life in it anymore. Because all of, the, all of the nutrients and all the blessing out of the vine goes into the branch. And so it's important to, to recognize that this abiding uh, relationship is one that we can't ignore. And it is one which is ridiculous without it. And it's just impossible to do any kind of agricultural uh, work and not have a, uh, a main root and a branch. It just doesn't, there's no fruit. So, um, so I would say to you this, and say to myself this, we are obligated, we are obligated to abide in the vine. You see, that's part of the exhortive element, isn't that? That's that's a, well, that's again. This this parable is meant to be exhortive to us. We uh, um, are not neutral. We're not neutral. We are a part of something. We're a part of the vine. We're part of Christ, and we're not neutral. And we we are called upon to abide. Um, and we must do that, and we cannot ignore it, else we, we ignore it to our own peril, if you will. Because what happens to the vine, or rather the branches, if, um, you know, if we don't abide? Um, they're cut off, he says here. And... Um, and that's important that we note that, you see. Um, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, that's verse 2, he taketh away. So the husbandman's job is to, is to cut off those branches that are unfruitful. Well, um, as believers, as Christians, this isn't saying that you're going to lose your salvation. No, let's keep the parable as an illustration. The illustration is showing that the integral relationship between the vine and the branches is obligatory. We have, a, we have a responsibility and the husbandman doesn't overlook those who are not truly a part of the vine or a burden upon the vine. He, he necessarily he has to go through and prune. That's the job of the, of the husbandman, the farmer, if you will. He has to do that if he's going to get any kind of fruit at all. And, and so um, we, we realize that this is an important relationship and it is meant to be exhortive to show us the, the, the necessary need of staying or abiding in Christ. And so verse 4, he says, abide. 
Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Um, And so here is another element of it. Um, As a branch, we have an obligation to abide in Christ. And as a branch, we cannot bear fruit unless we are reliant upon the vine. You know, there is no vine that bears, that, that has branches that bear fruit of itself. They don't, they don't, you, you don't do that. It's, it's against all rules of, of agriculture. You, you have to have a branch attached to the vine. It cannot bear fruit of itself. It has to be attached to the vine and it has to bear fruit that way. Uh, and so, though it sounds, um, you know, kind of like it redundant to say this, at the same time, it reminds us how reliant we are upon Christ. And then he goes on to say, Every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. And here again, we find that this is as much exhortive as it is necessary. Because, again, the farmer, the husbandman, has to prune in order to get fruit. And so, as much as, as believers, as, as we are concerned about bearing fruit, we know that there are necessary steps that God has to take in our lives if we are to be fruitful. There are necessary steps. And I think we all understand what those steps are. That we become more uh, related to Jesus. That we become more uh, interested in, in bearing fruit or being uh, available to what Christ would have us to do and how he would have us to live. Uh, the life that he wants us to, to really live for him. And so, as we, as we look at this idea of the vine and the branches, you go on in verse 5, he says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. So verse 5 kind of just builds on what he has already said about abiding. Three times he said, you must abide. Now in verse 5, he brings the whole subject up again and repeats it to say this, He that abideth in me and I in him, the same brings forth fruit. So if we will abide, if we will endure in Christ, if we will stand with the Lord, there will be fruit. Why? Because, well, the fruit doesn't come come from us anyway. It comes from the Lord. So if you're concerned about being fruit-bearing, if you're, if you're afraid, you well, I'm not producing enough fruit, don't be concerned about producing enough fruit. Be concerned about abiding in Christ, first of all. That's what you need to be concerned about. The fruit-bearing is not of you. It is of the Lord. And so we have to abide that the Lord can produce fruit through us. We're simply a vessel. We're a vessel to be used of the Lord. And so we, uh, we find that it is necessary to abide. That's the, the kind of the whole thing that he's getting at here in verse 4 and verse 5. Abiding. Because we, we can't do it by ourselves anyway. And then in verse 6 he goes on again with this word abide. I am 
If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Now, again here, lest we look at the, the negative side of it and say, oh, we're, gonna, we're in great jeopardy of getting cut off and thrown in the fire and we're going to be judged. Well, again, though that, is, that may be true of those who are not believing, as certainly, um, as a believer, as one who is in Christ, uh, this again falls upon us as a, as a uh, negative exhortation. And it reminds us uh, of the seriousness of our relationship to Christ. Oh, and why, why is that true? Well, because there are many people all around us who are like that, who are not of Christ, who are headed for judgment and damnation, if you will. And that isn't what we are about as being disciples. He, you know, again, this parable is illustrative and it is exhortive. And at the same time, it is trying to explain to us of the true relationship that the branch has to the vine, which is one not only of great intimacy, but uh, a relationship which is absolutely necessary if Christ is to be glorified, if the church is to really be the church that it is, that it is to represent, uh, and that we are to be fruitful. So he, he talks about, he brings up this negative side here. Um, the negative part of it is, uh, in relationship to abiding, if a, if a man abide not. You see, there are those three or four verses that couple of verses which the word abide is used a number of times positively expressing that we should abide then in verse 6 it negatively says this if a man abides not and so this branch if it does not truly endure in Christ if, it, if, it, if that person is only a professor of Christ but not a possessor of Christ if you will if that person is only a um, only one who has begun to walk in faith, but yet has not truly come to faith in Christ, you see. There's a number of applications that might be put to. But I think it's important for us to recognize the first and foremost admonition is to believers, you see. He's not writing to unbelievers, he's writing to believers. He's not writing to those who are not disciples. He's writing to those who are disciples. He's not writing to those who don't have a relationship to Christ. He's writing to those who do have a relationship to Christ. Um, you know, Judas, why definitely he was one of those branches to be cut off and cast aside, right? Um, but remember, Judas is only one singular person that ever did what he did. Okay, one singular person um, in the great scheme of things. And uh, some, somehow along the way, God used him, even though he was not glorifying God. But that doesn't mean we ought to emulate him, right? No. So uh, he talks about this person who abides not. That person 
or that branch is cut off. The husbandman just simply goes along, chops it right off, um, and makes a whole pile of these branches because the vine can't just can't support all these branches. And uh, and he takes those branches and he lugs them to an area somewhere and he sets them on fire and burns them up. That's kind of like the the agricultural thing to do, right? You get rid of that stuff that's no good. You get rid of it. Um, and they are burned up. But verse 7, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Now again, here's the positive element of it. Because you are abiding, because you seek to abide, because you are enduring, because you realize you're connected to the vine, because you know that your fruitfulness is not depending upon yourself, but Christ. He says, if ye abide in me, and my words, the very words of Christ, the very words of God, abide in you, prayer becomes what is the other element of an integral relationship between you and Christ? Or you talk to Him. You pray. You seek the Lord. Because you are enduring. Because you do want a relationship with Him. Because you are standing with Christ. Because all of that part which you know is real concerning you and Christ, you are interested in. And so what do you do? You pray. You go to the Lord. You ask of the Lord. And he says, you shall ask and what you will, ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Now, without implying anything more than, than what a good relationship to Christ is, we say this. If we are truly faithful to Christ, obviously Christ is faithful to us. He's going to meet those needs and areas that we pray to Him about. He's going to do that. And the whole, the whole thing of the book of Acts, of course, was that it was the Acts of the Apostles. After they went out, after Christ had, of course, died on the cross and arose again and ascended to the right hand of the Father, these apostles became sent out to the world and they're abiding in the Lord they're abiding became fruitful and their fruitfulness was to the glory of God and the whole book of Acts of course shows us much of this fruitfulness and of course the whole idea of praying while well, we see Paul and Silas in prison praying we see Paul himself praying upon a shipwreck of, of men and himself. We see Paul praying in prison, or Timothy, not, not only young Timothy, but Titus as well. These were men of prayer too. We see Aquila and Priscilla, we see Barnabas, we see, you know, all of these different kinds of people in the book of Acts, and what are they doing? They are living out this relationship of the vine and the branch. They are being fruitful. They are praying. God is answering prayer. They are being uh, uh, ministered to and ministering to people. Well, isn't that what the church is all about? That's what the church is all about. And in, in that sense, you see, this relationship continues. It continues. 
That is what's going on even now. In your relationship to Christ, in my relationship to Christ, that's what's going on in the local church as well. All this relationship of abiding, this relationship of realizing you're connected to Christ, this relationship of realizing that it isn't our fruit, it's the Lord's working through us, this relationship of praying and asking the Lord and waiting upon the Lord to answer in prayer, this is all being worked out even now. And this, I believe that is the practical side of what we ought to look at here. In verse 8, In this is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. And so how do we glorify the Father? We glorify the Son. We glorify the Father through the Son. Remember, Christ is our great mediator. Christ is our advocate with the Father. As we are connected to Christ, as we bear fruit in the Lord, as we continue to have that abiding relationship with Him, enduring relationship, standing firm in our faith, as we continue to do these things, we do glorify the Father because we are glorifying the Son. You see, that's what's happening. And so, as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. And, and so that's the third element here that we are looking at. Um, this relationship then is one which accumulates to a relationship where true love and... and um, praise to God is happening. Um, we think of a, a marriage relationship. We're supposed to love one another as, as uh, husband and wives. We're supposed to love one another. And, as, and so we, we, we've got to cultivate that relationship and, and do everything we can to, to make it healthy and uh, so that it is a blessing to the relationship. Well, in this sense, Christ has a relationship to his disciples. In fact, later on we find the picture of Christ and the church is the husband and wife. We find, I believe it's in the book of Ephesians, right? So the, the very picture of Christ and the church is modeled in the husband and wife. So that should tell us something there, you see. So we have this relationship, and so what is he says? As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Father, the Father loves me, Jesus says. I love you, and now I want you to continue in my love. And so what is the love we continue in? But the love of Christ. That's the love we continue in. And we can only know that love of Christ as we are have this this relationship to Christ. You see, Christ is the one who shows us what that love is all about. He's the one who does that. And, and so we, we have to continue in that love, he says. In verse 10, If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Again, he uses the word abide, and <clears throat> he also talks about keeping the commandments, and, and he adds the element of love in it. So, loving, abiding, and companion, uh, this companionship love, this integral relationship of love. 
are all three elements to it there. So, so now it is a growing, a growing relationship that he is, uh, is talking about. And, uh, and verse, again, verse 10, last part of verse 10, even as I have kept my Father's commandment and abide in his love. Well, Christ abided in the, the love of the Father. He endured. He stood with the Father and everything the Father said. And just like he did that, just as Jesus did that with the Father, he wants us to do that with him. He wants us to abide in those commandments he gives. He wants us to, to abide in him. He wants us to love him. You see, all those things, are, uh, again, to be modeled by us in, toward the Lord Jesus. In verse 11, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. So, uh, any kind of a relationship that is um, this intimate in Christ is meant to be a joyful relationship. Um, now, we have to, of course, interpret that different than the world. You know, the world basically says joy and happiness is doing whatever you want to do. And... Um, kind of a sense of hedonism of seeking all kinds of pleasures that you could be satisfied with but that is not what it is to have joy in Christ now our joy in Christ of course is is to be in that abiding relationship with him because we are truly uh, of God we've been born again of God and the only place that we can be truly happy in our relationship is in Christ. Every, every other pursuit is very short-lived. Every other pursuit of happiness is temporal and is not lasting. Uh, every other pursuit is, is unfulfilling. And so what is the first relationship we should seek? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Uh, so the, all these things shall be added unto you are those things that God wants to bless us with which are good for us in our lives and so some of those fruitfulness some of that fruitfulness and blessing um, God gives us because we enjoy the fruit of the vine now the farmer what does the farmer do he does all this work so he can have these the fruit the grapes if you will off the vine and what does he do with them? Well, he, he either presses them out into uh, the wine to drink or uses them in other manner to be a blessing unto his home and family. It's, of course, the raisins we get from grapes. We get, you get grape juice, and of course they, they did have wine that they drank too. Um, and so all these blessings that came to the family was through the work of the husbandman. Christ has many blessings for us that comes through the vine. That they're not all the kinds of things that we perhaps have have in our our mind. You know, like oh, I've got to give long hours to to Bible study so that I can make the Lord happy. Uh, make him pleased with me. Well, that may be great fruit for those who are who are gifted in that area. But if you don't happen to be one of those people, 
It may be that the Lord wants you to do something else and be fruitful in another area. An area that will be fulfilling in your life and be glorifying to the Lord. Which goes back to the idea of gifts in the church, right? The, the idea of gifts. It is a diverse body. Not everyone has the same gift. But the, all, all who have tr the true gifts which God has given to them are to His glory and to His praise. And we should not uh, uh, consider that just one thing is, is a fruit. There are many different elements of fruit and blessing unto the body of Christ, unto Christ Himself. Uh, and so we need to keep that in mind too. Um, he's, verse 12, This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. So he wants us to be joyful in Christ, to be joyful. He wants us to love one another. So um, he says, abide in my love, verse 10, that, that's a commandment, if you will. Then he says, love one another. Now, th these are two things that are important to us as being a, a believers. We, have, we want to have a good loving relationship to Christ. Uh, a, a relationship that honors him we want to have good relationships with others of like precious faith that's, that's important as well so these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might be remain in you and that your joy might be full this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you and so God's love was of course the highest possible kind of love the agape love love that is from God and where should our love come from but the vine who is Jesus and since love is part of the fruit of the spirit and it's not from us how does that love get to us it comes through Christ to us so allow the Lord to love through you to use the love of Christ to love others Verse 13, Greater love hath no man this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Here is that, of course, that sacrificial love. And so, what, what does he says? Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I have commanded you. And of course, Christ did. He did that, that work of ultimate love where he loved his own disciples unto death. And he went to the cross not only for his own disciples, but for all those who are in Christ. He is divine. We are the branches. We are to abide and endure in Christ. We are to be fruitful, but not of ourselves. We are to be fruitful of Christ. We are to keep his commandment of loving him and loving God and loving one another this is the greatest thing that we can do it's not telling you to go out and sacrifice your life for somebody if God wants you to do that it will happen you won't have to worry about that it will take place without any difficulty but there is something more important that he wants us to sacrifice our life for and that is to him to him that we might be the kind of branches and fruit bearers that he wants us to be that's that's the thing that's important you know you don't have to die for anybody 
That's not what he's asking you to do. It's all about being a part of the vine. It's all about abiding in Christ. It's all about loving Him. It's all about loving the Lord. It's all about fruit bearing. The fruit that Christ bore, we cannot bear that. But He does want us to be dedicated disciples and loving Him and loving one another as Christ loved us. That's what He wants. Shall we pray? Loving Father, we do thank you for your word to us. Thank you, Lord, that you would bless us with your word and encourage us in this wonderful parable of a relationship to you. I pray, Father, teach us what it means each day to be branches of the vine and abiding in Christ and bearing the kind of fruit of love and joy and true sacrifice for Christ that he desires. In Jesus' name, amen.